I'm Josh Cooperman, host and publisher of Comfo by Design. This is another episode of Legendary Conversations featuring the stories, events, and intimate chats with legends of design. I'm bringing you chats, conversations, and keynotes from the magnificent showrooms of the La Cienega Design Quarter. This conversation was held at the Mansour Modern Showroom. It was moderated by Steele Marco, editor-in-chief of Veranda, and features Colette Vandentillert, Penny Drew Baird, and Martin Lawrence Ballard. This is an intimate chat about travel and amazing locales. This is inspiration from legendary destinations, recorded live from the Mansour Modern Showroom in the La Cienega Design Quarter during Legends 2019. A topic that's very personal and important to me as well, how legendary travel destinations inspire our work today. We've got a lot of great material. Um, first, I'd like to introduce you to our panelists. Frankly, they need no introduction, but I'll give a short little introduction to each. Um, wonderful panelists here today. Starting with Penny Baird to my left, to your right. Penny splits her time between New York and Paris. Um, she has kept a home in Paris for 30 years now. I was just um, excited to learn. And she has a deep knowledge of Europe, which is evident in all of her work. Um, her projects are filled consistently with architectural details, furniture and art and other furnishings that she sources abroad. Um, and you can really tell that she, she really knows what she's doing when it comes to travel. She's published four books, two of which are about France, bringing Paris home and the new French interior. Penny also informed me a few minutes ago that she has a doctorate degree in psychology, <laughs> which I think may be quite useful as well <laughs> in her work as a designer. Sorry, my cards are out of order. Um, to her left is Martin Lawrence Ballard, another designer who needs no introduction. Um, he's another designer of international acclaim. He has a real mastery of a, a broad range of styles that I think um, gives real uh, originality to your work. It's clear that you are quite informed by you know, a global point of view. I think each of your projects really has nice references to lots of different places around the world. His client roster, as many of you may know, includes the Hilfigers, the Kardashians, Cher, and of course, a personal favorite of mine, Ellen Pompeo, whose house was just featured in the recent issue, the current issue of Veranda. Um, he's also uh, designed a number of really fabulous hotels around the world from Palm Springs to Switzerland uh, to the Caribbean and the like. Martin is also a design TV star, as many of you may know as well. He was just a guest judge on Best Room Wins, which was so much fun to watch. He's the author of two books, Live, Love, Decorate, and Design and Decoration. And he also has an extensive product line, fabrics, wallpaper, furniture, accessories, etc. And Martin splits his time between LA and the desert. Last but not least is Colette Vandentillard, all the way at the end, another internationally renowned designer who splits her time between Toronto and Los Angeles. Um, she also lived in London for 13 years, I was excited to learn, where she worked for, she worked as creative director uh, for Nikki Haslam, which is great. Her global perspective informs all of her projects. And you, I, I love how you consistently infuse sort of contemporary design with references to decorative traditions from around the world. And with that, let's dive in. So um, let's see, the first question I wanted to ask each of you today is, what is the single most inspiring destination you've ever visited? Penny, I'm gonna start with you because you, you have a fun answer to this question. Is good? Yeah. Well, it sounds not very exciting to say this, but I have to say my favorite destination is Paris. I find that it never gets old, and no matter how many years I'm there, and I've been there many, many years, I'm always finding something new and different that inspires me in some way that I was not expecting. I love that. Colette, what about you? Your, your answer really surprised me. Um, I, I get deeply invested and fall in love with almost everywhere I go in different ways. But I threw in Moravia, because that's probably an unexpected one. And I spent two weeks in the Czech Republic and, and have not got over it. How did you choose the Czech Republic? Um, really random, but there's actually a couple wonderful women in London who, who lived there for 30 years, and they actually specialize in the area. And I went on, I, w I did the bus tour. I love um, that. It was fabulous. Now, when you travel for design inspiration, do you, do you often travel alone? 
Um, I travel in many different ways, as I'm sure we all do. I have a family, and I and you know I love to travel with friends. Um, but I do also do solo travel. Um, well, solo travel with with groups. Like um, there's someone, David Pryor, in New York, you know, who's organizing things right now that I'm going to be going on. Um, and I've definitely done I've definitely done the bus tour thing. I love that. <laughs> That's so great. Actually, I want to mention also one of the one of the favorite ones that I've done is the is um, tours with the Addingham Trust. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And what kind of tours do they do? Where, what kind of places? Well, do I mean, they pick a region, and you usually spend, you know, 10 days or something. But you're with a group of curators, professors. They only usually let one or two designers and one or two architects. But it's, it, you know, it's a really knowledgeable crowd of diverse expertise. So you're all, like, everyone's looking at different things and turning over different things. But then, but then you're, you're, you're sharing, you know, a, a symbiotic uh, excitement and, and knowledge with each other, so. That's great. Yeah. Okay, Martin, your turn, you're in the hot seat. What's the single most inspiring destination? It's so hard to have, a, to have a single destination <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm inspired by so many places. And um, I think actually though, one of my real favorites and somewhere where I keep going back to and keep discovering it more and more has been Istanbul. Oh, amazing, I love that. Um, I, it, I've been going for about I think probably for about 15 years. It's kind of a wild story, actually. One of my assistants, a beautiful girl called Nebi, went on vacation to Istanbul. She was actually originally a Turkish. And she was supposed to be gone for two weeks. And while she was there, she fell in love with some guy. <laughs> and she called, she called me and said, and said, I'm, I've, I'm completely in love. I actually knew this guy when I was a kid and we've met each other again. She said, and, and I think I'm gonna get married. I was like, you're going to get married? You're going to leave me and go get married? And she went, I went, well, who is this guy? And she said, he's the, well, actually, he's the son of the richest man in Turkey. Ah, now we know. So I was like, well, what am I going to wear to the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, so I've been very lucky to see Turkey now in an extraordinary way with them. And um, Istanbul is just this cultural melting pot of all of these delicious things. You know, having been at one point, it was the capital of the Roman Empire. Um, there's uh, Russian influence, there's Chinese influence. You know, Istanbul is divided by the Bosphorus and one side is Asia and one side is Europe. So it's kind of this crazy, amazing thing. Um, the Hagia Sophia, which is the extraordinary so uh, structure, the building that's in the center that, that was once, you know, it was once a Roman Catholic Church, and at one point before that was a pagan temple, and now it was sort of this, this you know, Muslim uh, shrine, really, more than anything else now. So it, it, the whole place is incredible. So along similar lines, why do you think it's so important to get out from behind your desk and see the world? Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, when students come up and ask me, or young people that want to do design, and they say, well, you know, what, what school should I go to, or what should I do after I finish my course, or can I come and intern with you? <laughs> um, I always say, listen, to me, the most important thing you can ever do as a designer, and this is at any age, whether you're 12 or 70, <laughs> is travel. Yeah. To travel, to experience new places, and by the way, it doesn't have to be going to Istanbul. It could sure. be going from here to Ojai or, you know, right. it's literally, it's just experiencing something new and being open to those surroundings and the feelings and the things that you see, the smells, the touch, the people, the food, it's everything. It's truly sensory, yeah. not just visual. Yeah. So, so travel to me is everything. It's, it's, I never had any formal training whatsoever. Oh my goodness. And so, but I've been lucky that, that my father was an opera singer and so from a young child that we used to travel all over Europe. And so I got to see some extraordinary places. And some of that stuff is still in the back of my head that I'll, you know, sort of dig into now and again when I need to for a project. Some of those things are memories that I had when I was seven years old. Oh, that's amazing. So it's, it, travel to me is, been everything. Now, another question I had for all of you, really, but Penny, we had such a nice conversation about this. Do you travel with clients ever? Yes, I sometimes travel with clients, and usually, since they know that I travel a lot, they they say it right at the beginning of the project, oh, we hope we can go with you, or and I get a sense right away if they're interested in that or not. And I've done whole projects in three or four days in Europe, in London, in Paris, 
but the, when of, you have your client with, with a you. client amazing um then they can decide right then um <laughs> but i've also had the experience i did a project uh four projects for people over the course of over 20 years i'm on my way to dallas tonight to see them and after all those years and sending countless pictures to them from the Marche Opus, for example, they suddenly said to me about a year ago, you know, we've never been to the Marche Opus. We, ha we know where everything in our house came from, but we've never seen it. Oh my goodness. So we created a trip and we went last October That's as great. a foursome with the husbands and we started in my Paris pad and went um, all around and it was really a truly, truly um, rewarding experience because it's something that was so part of our dialogue Absolutely. and yet on their side they didn't know what any of the things were. That's amazing. Martin, you've traveled with clients. I've traveled a lot with clients. I love to actually travel with clients because it really, you get them so excited about seeing things and they get an attachment to the things that you've bought for their home and it adds that sort of wonderful storytelling for them. Um, so yeah, I've really, I've had some amazing trips. Actually, one of my first ever jobs, whatever that was, 28 years ago now, was for the singer Patti LaBelle. And she at the time was on a tour. Amazing. And so I went with her on the tour. You know, I had no, I had no staff or anything, no reason why not to go off. <laughs> so I went with her on the tour and everywhere that she sort of, you know, had a concert, in the daytime we'd go out and shop. It was wild, That's it was so, so much, much fun. fun. Um, actually, the best part was Patti LaBelle has a hard-sided Louis Vuitton suitcase that opens up and turns into a griddle, like a big grill. <laughs> and every night after her show, she would like fry chicken or make some amazing food and feed everybody. So you know, you'd, be hang, you'd be hanging out with like, you know, Shaka Khan and Luther Vandross and everyone would be coming in for their chicken leg. <laughs> That was actually more fun than the shopping, but I think um, I think Louis Vuitton should include that in their offering. Right, I yeah. think so too. It's amazing. <laughs> actually, I have a, I'm gonna I'm deviating for one moment. But I have another friend who was the son of this dreadful African dictator, and when they over <laughs> when they overthrew the country, he floated to safety down the Congo on top of a Louis Vuitton trunk. Oh my. So I'm telling you, get shares in Louis Vuitton. It's amazing. You never know when it's going to come in handy. It can feed you. It can save your life someday. You never know. That's amazing. Okay, let's get right into the specifics. Um, I'm going to start clicking through the slides to show great examples of how these amazing designers have incorporated travel inspiration into their work. So we're going to start with Martin's work. Whoever retouched that picture, I love them. <laughs> let's go back to just for a minute. We'll just linger on that for a minute. So, Martin, where are you here? <laughs> well, uh, um, on the far side, that's me and Catherine Island looking very, very uh, uncomfortable on our camels <laughs> in a little shopping trip we did, we did last year. Um, I love actually, that photo. Actually, Catherine's leg is sticking out <laughs> at a very peculiar angle because she forgot to wear any knickers. Uh-oh. And was being rubbed in the most uncomfortable regions. <laughs> but... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, so this is, I, I love Morocco and I love Marrakesh. Um, uh, to me, there's something so sexy about, about that country and about sort of the flavor and adding a little bit of that into, into design. So um, as you'll see over here on the, on the far left, um, this beautiful arched um, courtyard. And this is actually, it's actually now a hotel called Hotel, uh, L'Hotel Marrakesh which is owned by the British fashion designer, Jasper Comran. Mm. And Jasper originally bought it to use as his own sort of private villa and then he decided it was sort of a bit too big of a situation to keep for himself all the time. And he's now turned it into somewhere that is so heavenly. If you go, it is amazing. It's right in the middle of the Medina, it's just beautiful. Anyway, in great Jasper style, it's sort of lots of layers of white and tents and drapery. And um, so all of these draped arches, it's actually the image I used to show Khloe Kardashian um, for her living room, which is the central picture. Um, actually, that Beautiful. living room, the house used to belong to Justin Bieber. Oh, and wow. when he lived there, when I first saw the house, there was sort of a, kind of really nothing very much in there, um, except for that was his living room, and the entire room was filled with an enormous, bright yellow, bouncy castle. <laughs> That's, 
hysterical um, and not hard to imagine. But actually, one of the problems with this room is that it had, which is usually an amazing thing, but it had an almost 30-foot ceiling. Oh, wow. And it wasn't, in the room itself, wasn't big enough to cope with that mm. expanse above. Mm. So one of the tricks that we did was to tent the room. Love that. And, um, and so, yeah, so the tenting idea was sold to Chloe by that picture from, uh, from Marrakesh. Okay. I love that. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Oh, my God. This is Giraffe Manor. Kenya. It's yeah. the most divine place. Um, absolutely extraordinary. And so... The, the the picture on the right is, um, on the left actually, is my friend Chris Cortazzo's um, house. Who he's, he's this big realtor in Malibu now. He's kind of like the number one realtor um, in the country, amazingly, just working that 15 miles of Malibu. But So we went together to Giraffe Manor um, on this wonderful photographic safari Amazing. and stayed there and you know you wake up in the morning and the giraffes are sticking their head through the window and you're having breakfast <laughs> and it's an incredible thing anyway it's decorated in this wonderful colonial uh, sort of african colonial way lots of slip covered furniture very kind of karen blixen you know out of africa totally totally divine and romantic and so we transitioned the look into this um really wonderful it was really wonderful because it recently burned down in the malibu fires oh, um tragic. but this was this was the living room of this beautiful um kind of cottage really it was like a cottage estate on 20 acres there and we did sort of wonderful stone block fireplaces and reclaimed wood for the floors and all the photography is lenny reifenstahl um amazing amazing african tribal photography that she took in the 50s and um, and so yeah, so we exactly took the flavor and translated it into this Malibu house. What I love about this example is that it is more the flavor. There's not you know a direct. It's almost just through osmosis, Penny, as we were talking about earlier. You really get that experience, but it's not a direct copy of. No, it was it, it was sort of just the vibe. It was mm -hmm. the idea of adding that colonial thing and making it. it feel right for him. It's very transportive. Oh, What's going on here? I love all heavens. this pattern. There I am again. <laughs> <laughs> I always try and match my outfits to the interiors, by the way. <laughs> um, so, so this is, again, this is, this is actually Turkey. The, the, the image is over, over here close to me. Um, it's taken from the Topkapi Palace, from the Sultan's... Um, personal residence there so there's a whole wing where the, where the sultans lived and it's an extraordinary um melange of tile work mm -hmm. uh the topkapi palace holds some of the most important islamic tiles in the world um and they're all sort of put together in a very unusual way they're not really mm -hmm. formulated in any particular pattern so it's almost as if when it was originally decorated, if some tiles fell off, they sort of put another pattern <laughs> up that they found and put it together. I always loved it. I thought it was so beautiful and the saturation of the color and the experience. And so I took the idea of that along with the mixed idea of the floor from the, from the uh, hotel in uh, Marrakesh at the bottom, which is called the, the Royal Mansour, and decided, well, I'm just gonna meld a bunch of patterns together for this hotel. So the, the big image is actually the Sands Hotel in Indian Wells, which is sort of just yeah. a little bit outside of Palm Springs, um, that we opened last year. Actually, no, this year. It was uh, yeah, opened this year. <laughs> and um, I took all of my tiles from my Anne Sachs collection and just literally, we just lay it all out on paper and we did this whole sort of almost collage using the tile work really to create cool. this big, very dramatic moment. And then I took the idea from the, from the floor overlay, which actually you can't see in this image, but we sort of recreated other patterns that blocked out on the floors and on the ceilings. So it's created a really dramatic major moment, mm -hmm. which is what boutique hotels need anyway. They, they want, a, you know, when you go somewhere, that you, when you're experiencing a boutique hotel, you want it to be sort of, uh, you know, fantasy and, and transportive. Where and so is that, that in how that the came hotel? out. That's the lobby. That's the lobby. That's the, okay. that's the lobby. That's the first part that you walk that's into. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh, of course, you know, 
in, in the Sultan's palace, you have lots of small windows because he would be able to look through his windows to the harem. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we put a small window into this wall that looks into the wedding garden. Oh, wonderful. So it was that sort of correlation. I love it. Yeah. The harem, the wedding the garden. The wedding, s- same, same thing, Close. more or less. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is, um, this is this amazing, again, it's, this is sort of rather Turkish-inspired, except the inspiration for this came from this extraordinary castle in Romania called Pelez. It's actually called Pelez Palace, but lots of people call it Pelez Castle. And it was built, um, I think it was built in about 1880. And it was at the time when the Romanians were having a, a, a war with the Turks, and they actually won this war. It was, a, it was sort of a, settled as a treaty over borders. And so the king decided he would, in celebration, decorate rooms in his palace in the Turkish taste. <laughs> and so this is the amazing Turkish room, which was hung with all sorts of various fabric panels, and then all the furniture was upholstered in the same fabrics, and very opulent, very extraordinary room. And, of course, actually... During the sort of 1880s, 1890s, 1900s, it became very fashionable for people to have Turkish rooms. Oscar Wilde had a very famous Turkish Mm. room in his London Mm -hmm. house. Um, And so I translated it into this screening room for Tommy Hilfiger. Um, And so we used a company called Ixcel, and I went through their archive and found all of these sort of wonderful... Actually, they were Syrian panels that we used to recreate, and we printed it on... um, fabric but it's that acoustic cool. panel fabric so that all the speakers are hidden behind it and this uh, this room actually used to be a safe the person that owned <laughs> his house before had a vast art and jewel collection and this was this massive like crazy vault and so anyway we turned we turned it into this wonderful turkish room putting the fabric on the ceiling on the walls using it for upholstery on ottomans and then the sofas and the floor are all covered in um Silk, velvet, cashmere mix. Beautiful. So it's one of those rooms that you just sort of want to roll around on everything. <laughs> Forget watching the movie. Create your own. Tom, had, had Tommy been there before, or was this another example no, of you but, showing No, but photos? Tommy's wife, Dee, is originally, like, her parents are Turkish. Turkish yeah. So she's got a bit of that in the blood anyway. Blood. Yeah. Blood. Okay. And, and then this is, um, this is actually more influence from, from Morocco. So this is the courtyard on the far side. It's the entry courtyard to a very beautiful hotel called the Royal Mansour. And the Royal Mansour belongs to the king. And he built this hotel to be actually his personal use hotel. So when dignitaries, uh, other members of royal families come to visit, he uses the hotel to house everybody. And when that's not happening, you're able to swipe your American Express card to the shock of your accountants, might I add, because it's not an expense to stay there, but it is amazing. You're able to stay there. So in the entry courtyard, they have this extraordinary chandelier that wraps around, which is full of all of these uh, hundi lanterns. And so I took the exact inspiration from that, and I used it in a bar in Newport. Um, it's actually a, a, a Mexican restaurant called Red O for MasterChef Rick Bayless, and the inspiration for the restaurant was really taken from San Miguel de Allende, which is in Mexico, which is this beautiful, beautiful town where a lot of the um, Mexican aristocrats in the 19th century built their summer villas. Um, but I sort of mixed the flavor in with this Moroccan element, and that's the complete correlation of the light fixture into the restaurant. I love how you're able to blend inspiration you know, from Morocco to Mexico, and it just works. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, the walls in there actually are clad in a, a Mexican, um, it's a handmade Mexican paper that we had dyed using a coral dye, which is a pumice, and it, and it looks like leather. It's amazing. And then, actually, this is, uh, anybody that knows me knows I love a good glass of uh, wine. And so this is the, the Chateau d'Aquim in, in, in um, France, and it's, where they create the fa- in Sauterne, which is where they create the, the very famous dessert wine, which is utterly delicious. <laughs> Not good for the waistline, but delicious, <laughs> as, you, as you know, I'm sure. And so, anyway, it's a beautiful chateau, and I was lucky enough to go on this sort of private wine tasting. End up like a scene out of Abfab. I don't really remember leaving. <laughs> but I, apparently I bought quite a few cases <laughs> afterwards. But anyway, 
all of the rooms in, in the downstairs um, are beautifully panelled, and they're all panelled in uh, French oak. A lot of it's French white oak. And it's really, it was, it's a, just a beautiful kind of French country house. It doesn't have all of the over-the-top over top opulence of lots of the chateaus. It's more kind of pulled back. And I use this, actually, if we go to the next slide, I use that idea and the imagery of the, of the rather blurred shots that I took in my drunken visit <laughs> on my iPhone to convince my client to panel their room in French white oak. And as you can see, it ended up on the cover of Veranda. One of my favorite covers. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, so there, it's about you know a material that was pulled and used kind of in yeah. a new setting and a new in a new style. Yeah. So, so it, 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 and it was about it was so great that I had these photos that I could show the client what I was going for and the idea of wrapping completely a room mm -hmm. in wood, yeah. which those rooms are all wrapped in, and then adding kind of a beautiful French fireplace to ground it, yet making it feel more modern and fresh and comfortable and, and right for today. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was just the, yeah, that's what I mean by the travel. It's not necessarily about the place and recreating it. Mm -hmm. It's about taking that moment that you remembered Elements. and turning it into an element. element that you can turn into for the client. For sure. Okay. And then this is, uh, um, this is in Kyoto. And so if ever you get the chance to go to Kyoto, particularly if you do the cherry blossom season, which is unbelievable, um, you'll see there are these amazing wooden houses and they have a lot of these built-in Kyoto cabinets. And so I used the reference for this as the reference for a kitchen for, for a client of mine, this is actually again in Malibu, where we recreated Kyoto-style cabinetry from, from the kitchens into, into his home. So it was sort of, you know, the, the, it's the emotion of the mm -hmm. feel of that, those beautiful Kyoto wooden houses that worked in the flavor for this, for this kitchen. Beautiful. I'm going to skip quickly to yeah, Colette's exactly, to yeah. make sure we get to everybody. Mm -hmm. And can everybody hear me? I don't know if my microphone's yeah, working. Okay. So, Colette, you're up next. This is one of my all-time favorite rooms, which was also featured in Veranda. Um, and I, I just, I would love to hear about the inspiration behind the pattern in this kitchen cabinetry. Okay. Well, the, um, the photo on the left is Denmark, and it's Fredericksburg. The, it's a summer, it was the summer palace for the prince and it's not usually um very accessible it's got that famous pancake kitchen in it oh I don't know yes if any of you saw it in world of interiors it's unforgettable um and so we have a we had a danish client and she got us access and the entire palace is faux marbleized inside and um and spectacular so i actually this kitchen had was this is my cottage, uh, lake lake house in Canada, and it was finished. And the island was um, pine. It was something I'd shipped over from France. And after that trip to Denmark, I mean, truthfully, I would have just like marbleized the whole place. I love it. I love it. But I have a husband, which is a total drag. But um, <laughs> so my compromise was was to marbleize the island, and I have to say, I just love it. But it's, I, it's really it has got me on a kick that has not really stopped, and I'm doing a faux marble, you know, room. I'm actually in Toronto right now, so it's beautiful. That's did you what use? Happens. Did you use the photo when working with the oh, faux definitely. painter? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I gave. So, so it's very funny when you asked about putting. I don't know how you two found it, but when you asked about putting photos together for the talk, they said, "Please try and do rooms." And, and so I'm going through all my photographs, and it was like Bunny was saying yesterday. All my photographs are like of, <laughs> you know, little tiny details and and the most random yeah. things. Almost no rooms, but I had photographed every room in the the palace is marbleized completely differently and multicolor and polychrome. So I had a, about a hundred photos, and I did give them to the the specialist finisher. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, Centososphere, which many of you will know. It's become many uh, designers' um, favorite houses. And I actually have, I put the photo of my daughter in there because that is another it's way I travel. Photo. So I have, one of my daughters is here, and um, I have a family and children. And so we've always had a sort of pact that wherever we are, even when it's a family trip, um, my husband and children are really good about giving me a couple hours to go and do a pilgrimage, you know, whether it's to an antique shop or whatever. And I did all, often try and bring the children with me. So um, they've been dragged through Santa Sospir and many other houses. I love that. And the tattoo story about Santa Sospir, um, I don't know if you have the, yeah, um, has 
has sort of cropped up in a few of my projects. So um, cool. This is an apartment in New York, um, which is a rental. So he didn't want to do um, a lot sort of architecturally. It really is a white box. But um, we did agree that tattooing the place <laughs> um, was something that would be easily rectified when it's time to move out. Amazing. Yeah. Really cool. So that's what happened there. And then here I am in Moravia. Um, and That's so beautiful. I wanted to include this because I just don't think this is on very many people's radar, this area. And it is, it's just absolutely magic. Um, this is a castle called Cromeritz, which was also, it was the Archbish Archbishop's Summer Palace. Um, the crypts downstairs are room after room of sort of scraffitoed plaster. And then there's all these grotto you know, caves off to the side. And um, it just really haunted me having discovered this. And then truthfully, well, you can see there's a, fire, a marble fireplace mantle in the hallway. And on the right is my house in Toronto, which was that is in so beautiful. Random Magazine. And I just, I mean, I just cribbed it completely. Um, I love it. Except, except that I did do it in white plaster so that it was a little more transitional and not, um, not too baroque -y. What um, century was the castle built in? Do you remember? That's a really good question. Sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, I have no idea. Baroque, I'm going to say so it would be layered, yeah, like 16th, 16th century, century and then some. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. So distinctive. And then on the left, you will, many of you recognize that from I Am, Lo I Am Love, which a lot of us never got over. <laughs> um, and on the right is a project I'm just finishing in Toronto. And I mean, it's, I mean, I think osmosis really is the perfect word. So, like, the truth is that the husband of this couple is Italian, and I really didn't consciously mean to keep channeling these Italian things in the project for them, but I think I actually did. Um, and so, I th uh, the the room on the right, which I'm uh, just finishing. Um, I mean, it's definitely con it's definitely contemporary. It's a family house. It's definitely now, but I definitely had a sort of subconscious um, uh, channeling of um, the room from the Villanecki. I think when I was doing this room, it's fair to say. I love that. Ah, and so this is actually these are the the cellars downstairs at the Villa Cromeritz. So we're back to Moravia, oh. um, to Czech Republic. And I put this in because this is my wish list. So I'm hoping that by having this in here today, <laughs> it's one of my favorite this rooms in the world. So I'm in the south country. of France at the Voile d'Or. And it's a gorgeous little boutique hotel. And I think those are often, um, they are often the fantasy of the local vernacular. Oh, so I love that. That's I think that those point. can be wonderful design um, Discoveries, and this was one for me. Nikki and I were working in um, in Saint Jean Cap Ferrat. Uh, we found this delicious little hotel that uh, has become a real love story, and you can just see on my face, I'm like so happy. You're so happy in that like, photo. I, it's like first, and I'm also dressed to match the room, 100%. obviously. And um, and I'm just, it, it's like Elsie DeWolf just left the room. Love it. And I'm just thinking how I'm going to try and convince a client to do these like lime green voles. And I, <laughs> I, it's just going to happen one day. I know it is. Perfect. So that's my wish list. Great. Thank you. Okay. And last but not least is Penny's work. Penny, where, um, where are we here? So this is a home in Bridgehampton. And it was given to me, it was a builder's home but for sophisticated people who didn't want a builder's home. So I designed the entire fireplace wall and clad it in stone. And there's a picture of that I took in France in a little cafe. I love and it. it gives you that sense of the stone um, feeling. But it also, I mean, it has nothing to do with but the texture reference is so clear. And the um, and every molding in this room and the cubbies on the side of the fireplace and the fireplace stepping back was all things that we added, all the architectural details to unbox it. To, yes, to de-builder. De-builder it. <laughs> and this is um, actually the people in Dallas that I was just oh. referring to. This was the fourth home I did for them, which we started in, on the East Coast. and. This is in Museum Tower, 
it's very large, beautiful rooms, but and with very high ceilings. But they are they present very white and empty. There are no architectural details. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we used this is an elitist wallpaper that has different textures as well as the different colors. And the inspiration color palette is this stack of European linens on the left. That is so beautiful. I love seeing that sort of textural um, reference point translated into a totally different different Setting. usage yeah it's amazing did you sorry let me go back and ask one question did you show them that photo again did that photo it was just sort of something in your head that after, after 20 years i'm not showing any <laughs> good for you and um this is interesting i think the home is on the right that is the corridor and those lanterns are the lanterns that are in the left picture at the Marche aux Pousses when wow. I bought them. I love that. And the middle is um, a boutique hotel I worked on in Paris, and it gives you this big white and black palette. I love that. So striking. And this is um, a building on Central Park West. It is a pre-war, but a very plain one, very, mm -hmm. very plain. The, the picture on the right. The picture on the right, yeah. thank you. And. For a while, I was obsessed with round entrance foyers. <laughs> I've done like a thousand of them. And somehow the people never, I, I see, I feel that I see geometry different than anyone else differently. And I- Because of your at, travel? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and I just go into a space and I want to make that entrance into an oval or a circle. Mm -hmm. So even though it's sometimes completely counterintuitive, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to go at all. So that's what I did here. And the floor, which is a marble mosaic, is rep, um, not a replica, but a relationship to the kind of wooden floors that you see in Europe done in marquetry. I love how here, you know, the, the rhythm and the energy from the photo on the left is clearly apparent in the right, but you use triangles instead of squares. And the one on the right, this is a carter in a home that I helped build in um, Cuyag. And so we built this from scratch. I did all the architectural detailing myself, even though we had an architect. And the carter is, uh, gives a sense of the carter on the left, which is in a small hotel in Tuscany in the countryside um, near Pienza. Beautiful, the barrel arch is so pretty. It's a great example of the architectural kind of detailing that you can bring back home. And this one, the house on the right, is here in Beverly Hills. Um, I think you met this guy. Oh. And um, on the left, you see me walking down the street in Venice and taking a little picture of the different stonework. And it was this kind of color palette and stonework that you can see influenced the design of this living room. I love that. And this is a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> this one on the right is a, a home theater, also in the Hamptons. And we did all of the um, seating in Missoni fabrics. Each one is a different Missoni fabric. And the carpet, which was done by Stark, is also Missoni carpet that we just cut into squares and laid that way. Beautiful. And the picture on the left is in Bordeaux. And it gave us a sense of that repetitive um, feeling as well as a, an influence of the color palette. The, you can't see it that well in the photo, but the rest of the um, room is this very odd, dull purple. I thought you were going to say that the color of the wine and those barrels influenced yeah, yeah, your palette. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> it did. And this one's in Manhattan, um, in a Park Avenue apartment. Here, the the true color is a little grayer than you are seeing it reading it in the photo. But on the left is some pet de fouille in Paris, giving us that sense of putting colors together that you're not expecting to put together. Mm -hmm. I would never go <clears throat> to someone and say, hey, I'm making you this room and rattle off five different colors that don't seem like they're going to go together. It's more of a visual thing. You have to see how it will really look. So that's a great example of finding palette inspiration just anywhere. I mean, it can be a sweet shop. It can be anything beautiful. 
And this one, this one's also in, in Manhattan in Park Avenue. We did an interesting paint finish on the wall and inserted that actually it's, believe it or not, sterling silver reveals. Cool. And the inspiration was this um, paper on the left, which we saw in, I saw it in, during Maison Objet, in fact. Beautiful. Okay, a couple more. And this one is in Palm Beach. Um, on the left, you see classic bistro chairs. Actually, those are not such classic ones, but they're, they're a little funky. But I do tend to use bistro chairs a lot. Even in modern settings, I can pick a very square one and do them in white, for example, because they're the most practical chairs that have ever been made. And They take um, a beating every day in Paris. And they can go in a variety of settings, in unexpected settings. Ah, And this is a home in um, the Hamptons as well. Um, and the motif on the left, which was in Rome, you can see all the different arches, and the arches influence both the way we designed the exterior and also the curved sofa that I created out of logs. The, the idea for the home at first was Tuscan, but then the clients came to me and said, we don't want to have traditional furniture anymore. So <laughs> I said, okay, we can do Tuscan, but it's going to be more Forte de Marme on the beach in Tuscany. So that's how we got to that point. Do you find that your clients respond to a story behind the design a little bit or the power of provenance behind you know, these ideas? You know, I, I don't know. Some There are some clients who very much intellectualize the design and I have to explain everything. Mm -hmm. Others, it's more visual. But I know that you had touched on this before. I know that when I see every item, I know where I got it. You know. They may right. not feel that same way about it, but if I go into someone's home after 15 years, I know where I got that, and I know where I got that. It makes me feel happy. That, well, and that, ma that obviously matters a great deal. I want to ask all of you, too, do you feel like you know, spending so much time abroad and traveling has made you a more informed shopper even at home? Are you able to find things that you maybe wouldn't find otherwise? Yeah, I think the... I think the, the uh, I think that, hello. You're back. Um, I think that um, obviously when you travel, you see and you learn things and you understand where they come from, what the origins are. And then suddenly when you see it in your local shop or your local flea market or, you know, you suddenly realize and recognize what that is. Absolutely. And it's that knowledge, which is knowledge which then you impart to your clients. And that's one of the things they love about the experience. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's see it. Time for a, oh, that was it. Good, we made it all the way through. I wanted to um, see if anybody in the audience had questions. We have time for a few questions. Back there. Hello. Okay. We have you ever been to any um, city or any place? I mean, it might sound a little bit mean, but uh, have you ever been to any city or any place that you thought that I do not want to give that feeling to any of my projects? <laughs> it was <laughs> kind That's of a disappointing. Great yeah, I just want to know, um, like, do you ever have any sort of that kind of experience <laughs> anywhere? Thinking, thinking, Ladies, thinking. I think I think there's always a place that you go to that you're not keen on somewhere along the I've way. I've erased it from my memory. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it might it might not even be the city. It might have been the bad experience, the you know, food poisoning or something. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but literally, I think that you can take inspiration from everywhere you go. You can still learn you know? something. Well, because yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the candies that you put in your photo. You know, I mean, I I think when you're visually obsessed and hungry, the way I'm sure we all and probably you all are. Yeah, I mean, I see every day just you know on the street, I'll see something that I get excited about and probably even photograph. Yeah. Yeah. How do you keep track of all your photos? <laughs> do you have any? Tra I need just to about kill myself. Um, <laughs> It, I, I work on it a lot. I do actually do make al I them? make albums, like I photo albums and stuff. I, I, I'm decent, but it's hard. Yeah. I try and Pinterest stuff. Oh, oh that's a do. good trick. You know, so so if you Pinterest it, even yeah. if you Pinterest it under the country or under a flavor or, or a feeling, that. you know, whether it's I don't know farmhouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's farmhouses from New Zealand to England to France. I mean. So there's ways to pull it all together so that for you personally, when you're, when you're looking for inspiration for a project or when you're coming out with your design boards, it's quite easy to go onto it and flick through. Because mm -hmm. if you leave them in 
these big, f I find, if I yeah. leave them in these big files where I took 326 pictures in some weekend in, I don't know, Bavaria. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, where was that one picture of that? Right, it's impossible. Stuffed squirrel that I liked. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, so it's better, I think, to categorize them in, under headings. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, that, that house is actually, it's in Connecticut, um, amazing house, it was built in the late 20s, and it's completely like a Normandy chateau, the exterior amazing. of it. It's kind of a, it's actually weird, it's one of those amazing, I always think those, the, a lot of those um, American architects of the 20s and 30s would go on a kind of a grand tour of mm -hmm. Europe, and they'd come back and they'd mix it all together. <laughs> so Tommy's house looks like a cross between sort of an English country manor, and a uh, Normandy sort of Tudor mansion. It's kind of wild from the exterior. Very, very beautiful. But the Turkish room really has nothing to do with the rest of the interiors. The rest of the interiors are much more traditional in, in, in effect, actually. And that Turkish room is sort of the fantasy room in there, and which is so fun. You know, I think that you can do fantasy everywhere. If, even if you're in a tiny little apartment, so in, you know, in New York where you've got three rooms, you can create, com, you can walk into your powder room and suddenly you're in Paris or, you know, I love a good fancy room. Seems very American too, to be able to escape to a different style or a different, you know, reference point throughout your house. And why not? It's and why good, not? Right? Yeah. It's fun. Other questions? If you are invited to design a luxury hotel or vacation houses in an exotic culture places or somewhere that's rich in its cultural and natural resources, but might be slightly less wealthy in today's world, thus less convenient one way or another, how do you get started with the project and how do you try to overcome some of those restraints? Good question. I think it starts with what the mission statement is. What are they at coming to us to do? and what the type of budget is. Because I think that gives a lot of leeway. I mean, if, you, if you're saying the place is a more modest place, then it may be that the developer wants something more modest, or it may be the opposite. They want something glamorous. So I don't think I decide. I think I take the cue from what they're asking me. I think, I think though, something that's very important, um, having recently, in recent years, designed a bunch of boutique hotels, it, and is the fact that People want to go somewhere and experience sense of place. Mm -hmm. You want to know where you are. Unlike the, the, the old storied past of hotels like the Four Seasons, where you, every hotel you knew you'd get the same mattress and you'd get your same desk mm -hmm. and you know what your armchair is going to feel like. That is gone in today's traveler. Today's traveler wants to go to uh, you know, wherever this place is and know that they're in this place. And so it doesn't matter, if, you know, if, it, if it's very simple bamboo furniture with white linen, you feel that you're in, let's say you feel like you're in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, for me, the starting point is, okay, where are we? What is the feeling? What do I imagine this place is? And how do I look at what's surrounding me and create that into it? So sense of place is everything in the travel experience. And you can do that, one can do that at a variety of budget levels. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course. You got somebody at the very back and you got the gentleman down here. We're, we're, coming, we're coming to you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> we see you and that fabulous top knot you've got going on. <laughs> so a, a question for each of you, uh, where have you not been yet that you'd like to go and why? Well, I'm going to say because I'm about to go and I'm so excited. I have wanted to do this trip for so long. So I'm going on the Death on the Nile uh, cruise in Egypt. So amazing. Yeah, on, that, on, the, on the fantastic boat that they used in the movie. And many, many years ago... Can we, we had, come? Would it be so come? <laughs> many, many years ago we had planned to do this trip with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, actually, oh which was God. going to be incredible. And it was a whole group of us had planned it. And eventually Elizabeth's health sort of kept deteriorating and it didn't happen. And, um, and so ever since then, I've always wanted to go, I've wanted to go, and I've actually booked it 
twice since, and both times for one reason or the other. I think one was revolution or something that happened <laughs> two years ago, but I had to cancel it. So anyway, we're going soon, and we've booked the whole thing, and there's a whole group of us going, and we have got the most unbelievable outfits for our... For our oh I, I've created all sorts of different evenings. We've got a caftan evening and, and a Clio evening. and Anyway, it's going to be amazing. Are you taking a photographer with you? Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but could I stop her? She'd probably swim up the mile if we left her behind. But, um, no, it's going to be really, really fun. I know that, you, you know, probably next time you see me, I'll have an asp draped around me or something. Because I know that Egypt is going to be full of so much inspiration. I mean, it's, you know, the history there, everything. It's, it's going to be amazing. So I'm so excited about that. Amazing. Sorry, I took that over from everybody. No, no, not but at all. I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very hard question for me because I'm very um, traveled. And this year, in the last six months, I've been to India and Australia and New Zealand and working and not pretending I'm not leaving the office. So I have done a lot of things on my wish list, and Egypt is one of the things that I have not done that I have always wanted to do. I might keep you a cabin if you're lucky. Okay, well, uh, I need the dates. You better dates. have a good I need, the dates. <laughs> I need the dates. And I've just booked the Orient Express. Oh, wow. For May 2020, and my wardrobe's also going to be killer. <laughs> that, 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 by the talk. way, that, um, by the way, is amazing. We need a photographer with you, too. Oh, oh, so we'll good. have to send a photographer with you, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where was that lady in the back? Oh, that was actually my question as well. Oh, how funny. Now my question is, how can I come with you? <laughs> <laughs> I have I'm one first. more question on the side here. Martin, uh, since I know that you get a lot of your inspiration from Middle East, and as we are at Mansur Modern, <laughs> have you ever considered going to Iran or getting any inspiration from Iran? Or well, no? Listen, the Iranian culture is extraordinary. You know, some of the some of the most unbelievable buildings, decorative arts. some of the most incredible decorative arts. I mean, actually, I think everybody in this room is inspired by it, whether they know it or not. Mm -hmm. It surrounds us in every form. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a place I would really love to visit, actually. And I've got such good friends there. And now, of course, it's becoming, again, quite chic. You know, there are, there are, there are wonderful new places and new hotels and, and things happening there. So I think that somewhere in the foreseeable future, that's definitely a trip I'm going to take. Um, I also really want to go to Syria. I touched, in, I touched down in Syria, oh, I think it was 10 years ago now, um, and uh, saw a few extraordinary things, a couple of which are now gone, unbelievably. Um, but I really, really want to go back and, and, and experience that again. Martin, you got to go to Armenia. Armenia is amazing. And Armenia, I haven't been to, but... I have a jewelry line, and it's all made by Armenians. Oh They're gosh. the best jewelers in the world. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, do it. I'm gonna do it. Well, I work for a lot of Armenians. That the whole the whole Kardashian clan and and and, and, Sh and Cher and see, I'm, I'm, obviously I can feel it's my blood already. I know we could keep this conversation going on for the rest of the afternoon, but we've got to wrap it up. Unfortunately, I want to say thank you to all of you. Thank you to our host, Mansoor, and I also thank you to our guest. This was another legendary conversation from LCDQ's Legends 2019. Thank you for listening to this episode of Convo by Design's Legendary Conversations. If not already, please subscribe to the show anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can also check out videos from some of your favorite conversations on our YouTube channel, as well as the Convo by Design Instagram feed. Search Convo by Design uh, with an X. Thank you to Marmashagian, LCDQ president and longtime friend of the show, Patrick Dragonette. Special thanks to the amazing LCDQ showroom owners and managers, and of course you, because without you listening, there is no Convo by Design. Until next week, keep creating.